G'day, folks. This is Jay from Jay Talk. And of course, we have our wonderful co host, Nick from the Nick Tribe. <laughs> it's funny every time I do it. Every time. So, of course, we'd like to welcome our wonderful host, our wonderful guest, Heather. Hi. So, and is it. Hello, Heather. Lordering? Lottering. Lottering. Well, if you heard my husband say it, it doesn't sound anything like that either. What does your husband say it like? Lottering. He's from South Africa. So oh. it's a South African oh, yeah. Nice. Okay. Okay. Sounds like winners to me. Yes. Lottery. Yeah, Whatever. Exactly. That's what we've heard that before. Really? That's right. That's funny. So uh, just going to do, I'm going to start with our guest first. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Considering? Ish. Yes, considering. Okay. So, yeah. Nick? I think definitely impacted. How about that? That's a good answer. That's a good answer. Nick, how are you? Doing good, man. I, you know, I'm not one for watching the news, so we're all kind of taken back. It will happen today. So, um, yeah, that's, it kind of turns the, the mood a little bit. Yeah. So. I agree. How about you, brother? I am, uh, I'm okay. You know, probably in the same boat everybody is, a little emotional. Um, right. You know, the story is definitely uh, heart-jerking. Uh, I, I wouldn't even say tear-jerking, it's heart-jerking. Right. So, um, and, and with that, uh, I'm going to do a, you know, 10-second moment of silence um, for the people at uh you know valley the school the elementary school i don't even think we have a full picture yet it's just really really hard to uh grasp everything we decided to go ahead and do the show because it really you know there's some mental health that's going to be surrounding this whole situation and and i think it's important for us to talk about it so right. um we'll go ahead and do a quick 10 minute or 10 seconds, not 10 minute, 10 second moment of silence. And, uh, and then I'll pick back up. So you can say a prayer or do whatever you want, but starting now. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. That's terrible, man. That's just terrible. So, um, you were going to say something, Heather? Oh, no, I, I was agreeing. Absolutely. I, I, it's, you know, uh, like you were saying, mental health, it's, it struck me immediately, like just the mental health crisis our country really is in. And, and we just keep circling around it. Yes. Yeah, I, I, exactly. We, it's, what was it? Uh, we were talking with Julie. I took the, the mental health first aid class, and Julie, of course, talked about the stigma around mental health and talking about that. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what mm -hmm. you do for the, the foundation. Yes. Okay. So um, as you know, I'm Heather Laudering, and I um, started out as a volunteer for um, AFSP, well, actually as a, as a fundraiser in the greater Houston area walk in 2019. 
uh, for AFSP. And I think I am the type of person that has that desire to share and to help with, with what's going on. You know, I, I can see where people are struggling and suffering and, um, you know, I just want people to have resources. And I actually, and, and we'll talk about this a little bit more, but I lost my brother in 2012. Okay. And it was only in 2019 that I found AFSP through a Facebook ad. And what struck me was, how am I only hearing about this now? Right. And maybe I could have Googled it. Like, maybe I could have Googled it and found it, which is how most people find it. But I just feel like I shouldn't have had to Google it and find it. I know about breast cancer awareness. I know about, you know, heart health. You know, I know about so many different things just without even, without even trying. Right. And yet for suicide right. prevention awareness, I just did, I didn't know anything. And I, I, I think I felt such a mix of feelings of, you know, like almost like what if I'd known more, you know, first before I lost my brother, but also after, like right after when you go through your own suffering and your own pain and your own, um, you know, just whatever it is, like just to survive yeah, the, in that moment. The stages of, of recovery yeah. is, you know, yeah. Yes. So I almost thought it was a joke on Facebook, you know, one of those fake ads. So I, I went around and looked in my web browser, like I, then I Googled it and I found it. And so I started, um, I decided this makes a lot of sense. I like what they're, what they're promoting. It makes so much sense. And so I signed up and that was in September of 2019. The walk was in um, November. I quickly became the top fundraiser. So I then got in contact with, um, some of the, with the area director, Cami, whom you had on here before. Um, right. and then it just sort of snowballed from there. I just, uh, started volunteering, working on the board. And now I'm this year, I'm the chair, I'm the board chair. So yeah, it's just, it's been a, it's been a short stint, but it's quickly snowballed wow. into something. That's yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. It's that's awesome. Yeah. 2019 was actually my first year as well. So Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So are we getting feedback? A little bit. Oh, that was weird. But it's, it's few and far between. Okay. So we yeah. should be good. Yeah, yeah. 2019 was my first year as well. And I actually did really well in the first part of that year and then just teetered off. I, I think I, I raised like $2,200 that year. Um. That's great, though. Yeah, that's, it, I mean, I think that's great. Yeah, it was great. But, yeah, it's been, it's, I haven't raised as much since then because it's very hard. People are like, you know, it's hard to get people to do repeat donations sometimes. So, um, go ahead. Yeah. I have some faithful um, people that they're like, we're always going to donate to your cause. Like, I have friends who are like, I literally budget for it every year. I'm just donating to your walk, and that's that. And then I have other people who are, I think, at that point, like, yeah, I can't keep doing this every year. Right, right, right. But I, I, I need to budget it. That's what I was fixing to say that. I need to start telling my people, it's time for you to budget 50 bucks a year in your in. system so that when I yeah. call you or when I reach out to you, we're good. Now, see, the funny thing is right before I started this, I had over a thousand followers on Facebook and half of them were friends of friends of friends of cousins of friends of dogs of, you know, and so I cleared them all out and then I started asking for donations. I'm like, well, I kind of did that backwards, but 
So I'm slowly working my way up. I got yeah. my T-shirt last year, so. Oh, that's awesome. Right? Yeah. That's awesome. And I'll say, you're right. It is those surprise, the people that, I think that has been the, I don't want to say joy, that, that word sounds a little too, like, upbeat but really it has been the honor in all of this is when i share my my story and i hear other people's stories people that wouldn't have shared their stories that wouldn't have talked to me any other way but because i started first you know i opened up first so i do find a lot of value in that um one of the things i do with afsp is the healing conversations and i don't know if you've heard of that program through afsp but i th i think cammy might have mentioned it actually but um it's one where um, a suicide loss survivor can speak with another suicide loss, suicide loss, suicide loss survivor. Right. And, um, you know, just to basically have that connection, because I think that's the one thing in suicide loss is you're looking around for who knows your pain, who's been through this, like this. And, and there's still that stigma of shame. Like you don't even want to tell people how, right. you know, how they passed away or you're afraid of the questions they're going to ask. You know, nobody asks for details when, you know, somebody passed away, you know, from a heart attack or something like that. But yet, for some reason, people need to know more. Did we just lose her? Oh, we might have. She froze. Weird. We've never had that happen before. Doggone it. Uh, technical difficulty, folks. Give us a second. I have no idea what happened. I wasn't touching my computer. That's okay. No I guess it just, just, it just went away completely. Um, but anyway, so that's, um, you know, that, that's been very helpful. It's both to um, share my story with other people, get other people's perspectives, and just be a part of their, you know, reminding them that there's hope, you know, that there's hope in, in, and it's a day by day process. Right. So it, it, it's been a big deal. I'm sorry, Jay. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. It's been a, a huge eye opener for me because I I'm not quickly I'm not close to anything that it's it hasn't happened in my life, other than close friends and things that have happened in theirs. And to be with Jay and talk about that. It's it's very hard to hit, but I learned something and I learned a lot and I'm I'm learning more every day about mm -hmm. what's going on and what happens and how it happens and their mental health issues that you you will learn how to pick depict what's going on. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So and part of the reason why I did the Andrew episode. Is for exactly the reason you were talking about. People have a tendency to ask a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. I laid it out all mm -hmm. on that episode, and there was no questions yeah. after that point. And, and I found if somebody needed something and they wanted to be by themselves, but they wanted to find something to relate, that episode could really be uh, helpful. Because they could relate, you know, internally or whatever in their own little time. Mm -hmm. So, um, but, you know, I mean, I, I'm definitely there if somebody wants to talk. But it really has, and it was funny, I actually got an email from a friend 
who said, you always have all these questions, but you're always too afraid to ask because the person is still struggling. They're still grieving and you don't want to trigger any additional emotions. Mm -hmm. And she actually thanked me for putting that episode together because I spelled things out that most people would never say. Right. So it's interesting that you made that comment. It's, I just wanted to share that. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, it is, um, you know, I, I, uh, I think the other interesting side to it was watching, you know, and we, again, we can get into this, but, but how differently people grieve. And I think that's an important thing because as a healing conversations volunteer, you need to understand that you may or may not be able to relate with the exact emotions that people are feeling, but you can relate to just the overwhelming amount of emotions. Yes. 100%. Yep. So, but um, so just circling back to AFSP and my involvement there, it's um, it has been um, definitely an interesting time because it's during COVID time. So my first year on the board, I didn't really get to see as much um, in person and I didn't get to really uh, bond with the board the same way. Like we just stayed separate. We didn't really participate in the things that we would have. So I think this year has been um much more exciting for us because we're starting to really ramp up the events that we're tabling and, um, you know, where we're really sharing AFSP, we're obviously able to now do our walks in person and things of that nature. So it does feel a little bit, I think it has a different momentum to it. I would agree. And for me, yeah. I mean, you can feel it cause you're, you're helping with the committee, right? I am this year for the first time. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and it does. It just has a different feel to it. So I'm I'm pretty excited about it. For me, I am actually walking in the Woodlands Walk again. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and just try to push my fundraising as much as I can for one last year, and then we'll and then we'll just go ahead and focus on the other activities that I have and the other um, things that I need to do with AFSP. But um, it has. I think it's a very good group of people. Um, you know, it's it's amazing to see again taking into account everybody processes differently. So some people after this, they're like, never, I don't want anyone else to struggle this way. I want to make as big of a difference as I can. So I need to really be in this. I need to start a chapter. I need to do whatever it is. And then other people are like, okay, well, I'll be there. I'll just show up the day of the walk because it is my heart. And then other people are like, it's okay. I'll be over here. I'll support you financially. And it is interesting to see how everybody just processes their part in it. But yep. it's important to see we all have a part in it, yes. no matter where we are. Yeah, I would agree with that. And it's that's a tough part. So for me, mm-hmm. 2018 is when I lost my son. Mm-hmm. So I did the walk in the night in the night uh, 2019. Mm-hmm. Of course, I skipped 2020. I got back into 20 uh, 2021. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it was I was still grieving. I mean, I'm still grieving. In, in, a, in a way, but everyone deals with it. And I, I think this year I decided to take that bigger role because, you know, I, I think I'm ready to move to that next step, whereas before I wasn't. Yep. No, it's, it's fair. Um, I, 
I think for AFSP, a lot of the, the um, more involved volunteer opportunities, they kind of put that two-year mark on it so that you have some time to really, you know, sit with your, your grief and your emotions that come from that just to make sure you're in a place that you can really evaluate where, where you are right now. Definitely a lot around that. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So, sorry, go ahead, continue. I interrupted. Oh, no, I mean, I, mean, I was just, yeah, so I think with AFSP, um, it, like I said, it's just been, it has been, a, it has been a year of growth and learning for this year, and I've really enjoyed doing that. I think for me, um, when I started out this journey, it was really about, you know, it was really about getting my brother's story out there and making sure that I used his story for the benefit of somebody else, you know? So like I experienced this, I want to make sure that other, you know, that if, if somebody can shut, if I, there's just one person you stop, you that steps away from that ledge it, you know, and I think you understand the ripple effect, um, you know, of, of someone taking their life and how many lives are impacted beyond that. And it just kind of, you know, goes outward. And so, um, that's definitely been, you know, was kind of the, the, the catalyst to it. And then as I moved on, I kind of reshaped it to where it was also about me. So it, it's become about me and my brother. It's a way to keep close to him, um, but also find myself in it. So I'm not, you know, lost in it. It's been, it's been a very interesting journey. And I rec I, I mean, I just, I do, I, 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 I love the organization. I love its message. I love what they're doing, the research that they're putting out, the programs that they put out. Right. You know, I think that, um, you know, we do a great job. We have a great board. We have a great um, team. And that has, um, it's it's truly a pleasure to watch, um, to watch everyone in action. Everyone has a different skill set uh, and a strength. And it's just really, uh, it's an amazing thing to see. I think one of the things that was most intriguing to me when I started getting involved with this, with Jay, was how to learn how to spot if somebody is having mental health issues or how they respond, how they react, what they do, and the things that are going on in their mind and learning how to spot to be able to reach out before anything bad happens. That, to me, is amazing. Yeah, they made it really understandable, you know, to uh, to somebody that has no idea, which was yeah. really good for me. I think I think for me, and I think you're right. Like I think for me, um, what I've learned, like in the talk saves lives, is I could maybe spot that somebody was struggling, but I didn't necessarily know how to address it or what to say. And I think that's where AFSP is really, you know, really comes in with that toolkit of like you know, here are some things that you could do. One of them, of course, is not fixing, not trying to fix it, which, I mean, as a right. friend, how can you not, how can that not be your go-to? And yet it's, yes, it shouldn't That's be your exactly go-to. exactly what you want to do is you want to, yeah. hey, well, you know, you want to get in there and fix it. So, and, and that's, yeah, I've learned that that's not the case. Right. So. Yeah. And being a good listener, which is again, you know, you, you want to relate to people and you want to, you know, you want to just, you can, you just want to make things better for them. Right. It's about validation, validating mm -hmm. their pain, validating their struggle. And then from there, yeah, listening. 
it's and I we, we I just took this you know we talked about this last episode I just took this mental health first aid class and it was really uh, really great I really enjoyed it but the uh, the key point there for me was as men we have a tendency to be fixers that is an mm-hmm. ultimate struggle we will always deal with. But at, that is a key point you have to resist doing. I mean, when my kids come to me with, with a problem, what do they do? I, I think I got to fix it. Sometimes they're not coming to me for the fix. They're just, they need a vent. And that's yeah. a hard thing to deal with. So dealing with this situation, that was the nice thing about the first aid class. It kind of helps you put your mindset a little different. Absolutely. Absolutely. And during, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, sorry. Uh, I was going to say, and during this month, um, that's one of the things we've really been highlighting um, for the Mental Health Awareness Month is, you know, every Thursday we're presenting one of our programs online um, so that you can, you know, whether it's the the teen, the teen program, more than SAD, um, it's real. You know, we have it. For, we have Talk Saves Lives in Spanish. You know, we have all these different programs. And so, what we've been doing during May is every Thursday we're presenting one of those. Now, all throughout the year, we will do one on every third Thursday. Um, but through May, through May and September, both we will focus on just really showcasing all the different programs that are there to try and draw in the audience that's um, necessary. We've even. Um, We've even extended into the elementary school level with our Gizmo program. So Gizmo's Possum Adventure, it's uh, an, an adapted program from an established program. Right. And so we've, we've taken it and, um, and introduced it into elementary schools, you know, just about mental health awareness. Yeah. So I was going to say is it's really nice. For those that don't know, it is May. May is the Mental Health Awareness Month. So that's why we're focused a lot. It has been very interesting. Me and Nick are both pretty big in the TikTok. We like to watch a lot of TikToks. And I've been promoting our podcast through TikTok as well. Part of that is, is, you know, we're constantly watching for people, different comments, different whatever. I have been very surprised the amount of people that are promoting mental health awareness for this month on TikTok. It has been really um exciting i guess is the way to put it It, it's really been nice to see so and it's just random people it's not even afsp it's just people are really promoting the month and so it was really nice to see yeah go ahead i think that's a good thing about mental health i think all the organizations can easily agree on the fact that it, it needs to be at the forefront oh yeah no 100 percent. because here's the whole thing if somebody's dealing with breast cancer, they're dealing with mental health. Mm-hmm. They really are. It's depression, you know, acceptance of the fact that they've got cancer. There's just so many different things. Yes. So, anyway, so continue. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Oh, no, I, I'm enjoying the conversation, so. Uh, yeah, no, no, no worries, no worries. So, um, so I took this mental health. Have you done the mental health first aid class? The Talk Saves Lives? No, 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 no. Oh. The whole day class. I haven't yet. I haven't. Okay. It's on. It was on our list of things to do at our. So our board retreat is in February. So we have like, we put together and you know an agenda of like, 
what our business plan is for the year. And that's one of the things that we have on there is for a few of us to do that. Yes. So I actually did that this past, not yesterday, but a week ago yesterday. Uh, yeah. So it was uh, Julie. We did it up in Magnolia. It was a really great class. And so, yeah, I had a lot of, I don't know. If, it's sort of like when we have these meetings, somebody says, you know, hey, you know, my name is such and such. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. And, and my response is always, hey, I'm such and such. I'm not happy to be here, but I'm passionate about being here. So, because right. no offense, yeah. I don't think any of us want to really be there. Yeah. But, but we're passionate about the cause. Absolutely. That's one of the things that I, in the first walk that I did, we're kind of standing around and we're, you know, just looking around and um, somebody said, wow, there's a lot of people here. And the lady standing next to me said, there shouldn't be any. And I really didn't catch what she said. It took me a second and I went, right, there shouldn't be anybody here. Yeah. If we all had what we, you know, if we all had a good wish, yep. this would be, there would be, this event wouldn't even go on. No, no. It's yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, it is, um, you know, I think that that's something that you and um, Cammy might have discussed as well, how, you know, it's it's not, you know, we can do the best that we can. We can use the tools that we have and we can try and help as many people as possible. There obviously is still going to be people who have, you know, who who just get to a certain point. But, you know, but we're, we're trying to make the difference that we can. And I think that it is preventable, you know, for, for a good amount of people. It's very preventable if we can just intervene in the right way. Right. I agree. One of the things, and, and I got to give a shout out to my mother, years and years and years ago, and it's, it's generated through our entire family because we were talking about we don't, we're fixers. She would start off, hey, listen. I need to talk to you. I just need to vent. And she would, you know, she would go off on whatever, whatever was, was bugging her, whatever was driving her, whatever was not driving her. And my whole family, now we do that. Like, yeah. hey, what's going on? You got about five minutes. And Jay and I do that now. We don't actually say we're going to vent. But when he calls me and he starts in, I know. And when I call him, it's more me, you know, than him. But I'll call him and I'm like, Hey, you got a minute? He's like, give me a second to get situated. Let's go. You know, and it helps. It's unbelievable. And then and, and then, just sits there and listens to me. And then we ask, okay, do you want our opinion or do you just, just need to vent? And then, right. then you make the decision. If you just wanted to vent, okay, let's move on. So yeah. that's great. That's good yeah. practice. It is great. It really does relieve a lot of pressure of whatever the day was or whatever the event was, it's really getting under our skin. It yes. helps me great deal. Best friend ever. Whatever. That's fantastic. No, that's fantastic. We all need that. Yes. Thank you. So great friend. Don't he's Yeah, I know, I know. I'm turning red. You're, you know, you that's can quit. Exactly right. See, I got him fired up. That's what I wanted. What's your sound for blushing? Yeah. What? I was asking what his sound was for blushing. Oh yeah, the little the little sound on the uh, the board soundboard over there. You don't have one, do you? I don't have one. Oh. All I have are creepy things and birds and harps. Here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Tinkerbell blushing. There you go. No, I'm just kidding. Right. 
So that's funny. No, no, no. We we do. We have a great relationship and we do help each other out. And I think it's it's very important especially after everything that happened with my son. It's great to have that person mm-hmm. that you can go to. And, you know, so I do the same thing with my kids. You know, so I talk to my kids and and Nick does the same thing with his kids. You know, he sits and he he talks to them and he listens to them and sometimes that's what it's about and then you look at him and you're like okay do you mean to fix it or not you know it's what do you what are you wanting here you know so my son's a little bit younger but i'm definitely learning that balance as well because obviously when your children are young they want you to fix everything right yeah, yeah. Well, we get used to it. Yeah. It's like second nature yeah. to us yeah. when the kids start growing up. My son had a rough day at work yesterday, and when he got home, he came in and I, his head was down. And I'm like, "Hey, bud, what's going on?" He's like, "Man, it was a really rough day." And as soon as he said that, I knew. I got up from whatever I was doing, and I went and stood. He was in the kitchen getting him some orange juice. He said he just wasn't feeling that good, you know. And he went off on his work, you know. Things were going good, blah, blah, blah. And then in the end of that, he just looked at me, gave me a hug, and it's time to go to bed, you know. And that was it. It was really great. Awesome. That's great. That's so, something to look forward to, you know. If you have a great relationship, I have a 24-year-old and a 12-year-old still at home. So, okay. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Big difference in age group there. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you're talking to two old schoolers here. Um, yeah, yeah, but you'll, you'll, you'll enjoy it. Five is a fun age. First year of kindergarten, uh, first year of kindergarten. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Next year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's a September baby. So yeah. Okay. That's fair. Good for you. Oh, yeah. Cause that start. Oh yeah. That drove me crazy with the kids. What is it? Sorry? One started early one. I, Cause I have four boys. <laughs> one started early. One started late because of the birthdays where they run in the year. And yep. they were mad about it. Why can't I start, you know, that kind of thing? So funny. He doesn't know yet. I mean, he still sees school as play, so he's he's having fun. That's good. In, That's good. In school play all the way up into college? Um, I, I don't think so. I feel like there might have been more pressure in middle school and in, in, in high true. school. Uh, I would love to go back to grade school and high school as opposed to work. But, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That was, it, you thought it was hard back then, and now you're like, oh, man, that was so easy. I should have done better. I should have done, should have, could have, would have, right? Yeah, no, and I think, I think you know, like, honestly, roping it into what we're talking about, I think that is something that's really important um, is, you know, I mean, we do look at, when we go through junior high and high school, I mean, it is, it is serious what we're going through in that moment. But, but once we get past it and we, we're, you know, we're 20 years, 30 years, you know, however many years past it, we don't even really remember that day where we, it was such a, you know, it was such a struggle or a hard day, but, and, and even what led up to it, you know, like all of the events to, to the detail. And yet I, you know, like I struggled a lot in high school and I can remember, um, you know, I can remember the, the, the darkness or the pain that I felt, but I can't even really remember. I couldn't even really vocalize like to you right now. Why? Like, what was it that led to that? Right. You know, and I think that's a hard thing because as a parent, you know, 
and then having a child, you're trying to figure out like, how am I, how can I really like, um, you know, account for that and be aware of that, you know, and again, it's the tools, you know, I think, you know, Jay, to what you're doing, the things that you're doing, I mean, you know, the classes, the classes that you took, I mean, that's that, those are the kinds of things that we can do learning to listen to your children and, and just being there. You know, I think that's all very, um, that's all, those are all important things and important steps. Yeah. And it's going to happen. All kids are going to go through that. Mm-hmm. And it's how we, we work with them to handle it makes all the difference in the world. Absolutely. That's the difference between good parents, you know. Hey, yeah. I was a good parent. At least I thought I was. Okay. You, you still are a good you, parent. There's yeah. no I'm doubt. just yeah. teasing. No, you just... So much better than me. And no, no, no. You I, are. I, so I, I, I do work. I do my best. Uh, that's what I always say is I yeah. do my best. And Absolutely. You know, being a single father and I had custody of my kids, I just, you can only do your best. And, and we all know that mental illness is, you know, there's a chemical, there's a chem- chemical imbalance to that as well. And there's something happening in the brain. So, we, you know, I mean, you know, you, you were, you were doing your best. We all are doing our best. It's just, or I shouldn't say everyone, I can't speak for the world, but you know what I mean, I know. but, right. but we are trying our best, I think in this and as parents, it, and it's just, you know, we don't really necessarily know what's going on in, internally. Right. And, right. you know, to the points of why it's good to, to have a health check, a mental health check every now and then, and, you know, and try to implore good practices so that, you know, like what you were, you know, what you're doing now with the, com- the open communication and let me just listen, you know, I'll just listen, you yeah. know, it, but I think that, you know, we're all learning and it's one of those things that I, I definitely want people to be careful of, you know, when you listen to these programs like talk saves lives and things. Um, I think that if you've lost somebody, it's very easy to listen to it and start to regret. Like you start to think, Oh, this, I didn't do this right. Or I didn't do this right. And I think it's important to remember when you're listening to one of those is it's not meant to say that, it's, it's, it was up to you or, you know, you did something wrong. It's very important to remember that it's really just giving you tools so that you can just try and help the cause. So I'm going to go back to, go ahead, Jay. I'm going to go back to my, my okay. (laughs) Sorry. I'm going to go with my staple comment. The comment I told my kids and the comment that Nick told me at the end of the episode, when we did Andrew's episode, something that everybody needs to hear. It's not your fault. Right. Yes. And so that's what I had to tell my kids, you know, for months after this, it happened. It's, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. You would not have chose this for him. It's not your fault. And, and people need to hear it. It's not your fault. And it's, it's an important, just, you know, a couple of words, but it really Mm -hmm. resonates with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It does. It really does. So, and I've had to say it a couple of times since then to different people. Have you had to say it to yourself? I say it um, only once. For the most part, I know it's not my fault. Do mm-hmm. I ever second guess if I could have seen something? Yes, but I can also look at that and say... I did my best. I know I did my best. I know I love my child. Absolutely. And if there was anything I could have done, I would have done. 
Mm-hmm. So I can't hold myself accountable for something that's out of my control. Absolutely. Right. And I think that, and that's a, the important balance, I think, you know, when you are taking a Talk Saves Lives class, you know, is to remember exactly that, you know, and, and, and you taking this course and doing the next step, you know, like when I took the Talk Saves Lives and I got involved, you know, taking this ne- next step is really just trying, you know, to do the best we can in our situation. So where can people listen to Talk Save Lives? So if Is you it- go, yeah. So if you go to our chapter website, afsp.org/southeasttexas, um, there is at the bottom there's an events section, so you can see everything that we've been talking about about the walk. We have walks all over our chapter, so we're in 33 counties across. That's the Southeast Texas chapter, and. Um, and we have walks in Pasadena. We have walks in Beaumont. We had a walk in March that was in the Hike for Hope in Galveston. Um, and we also have, of course, the Greater Houston Area Walk. So the Houston walk itself is afsp.org slash Houston. But yeah, that's, right. um, I, I definitely recommend that it, anybody that listens to this program to look up just AFSP on its own just to see the resources it can provide. Right. I think they have, um, you know, we all, a lot of our research, our blogs are online so that if you if you don't feel comfortable talking to someone yet, there might be a blog that you can relate to online and something to kind of, you know, to, to let you know that you're not alone in this. Well, that's one of the things that we talked about before we started the podcast, that we were going to do a few things like this so that people can scroll or search and pick that out and listen and, and then go, oh, wait a minute, there are people out there that are going through the same pain that I'm feeling right now or or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And we actually had somebody talk to Jay saying, I listened to your podcast. It really helped me out, and I learned a few things. So we actually did say we have helped someone. That's awesome. You know, and that was a big deal. That's fantastic. Because it's hard to talk about that stuff, and it's sad, believe it or you know, but mm-hmm. – to, to hear somebody say, I'm, I've learned something from your podcast. Yep. We've started the ball rolling. Yep. Need to keep it rolling now. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, every every life, you know, makes a difference. Absolutely. It's just, you know. Period. It's it's something I put on my, my own personal fundraising page. You know, every life, it really does matter. Very good. Jake, you're quiet over there. No, I, I'm listening. Sorry, I, it's you know, it's an emotional subject for me. Spinning. Absolutely, it is. I'm always got wheels spinning. You know me, and I, um, I actually, a couple of things. Uh, ASFP is actually doing TikTok now, Instagram. Yes. And so, are they doing reels on Instagram? Or are they just posting pictures to Instagram? I think it's just pictures. I know TikTok for sure. Yeah. We have a new volunteer who's, she actually led the Hike for Hope um, walk event in Galveston. Okay. Um, and she's now taken on our social media and she's doing, she's having fun with it. She's doing a great job. Good, good, good. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I take some of our clips from our podcast, cut out a minute, post it to TikTok, post it to mm-hmm. Facebook, post it to Instagram, that type of stuff. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's challenging. I'm not a marketing person, but I do my best. So we're getting there. We're getting there. I know we are. So we always pick up one or two people with every episode. And it's funny because 
when we took this class last Monday about the uh, first aid, I actually mentioned that we had a podcast and I, we talked about it a little bit. And, you know, I asked the teacher, I said, does it bother you that I mentioned it? And she said, no. And so people asked me, they said, so what episode? And I said, well, there's a couple of them. I said, you know, we talk about, you know, uh, suicide prevention. And I think we've got six total episodes where we talk about suicide prevention or mental health. So, mm-hmm. um, and I, of course, told them, I said, you know, episode five and six are our two big ones. You know, right. so, and I think it was like 23 and 25 if I remember correctly. Um, So essentially what we did is we actually did a pre-out-of-the-darkness walk uh, episode where we talked about the walk, and then Mm -hmm. we did the post-episode, and it was a reactionary episode because Nick had ever been. So he he gave his actual impressions, first impressions of of the event. Mm -hmm. We also had a co-worker come on who had lost her father. And she talked about that, and it was tough for her. And it it's been thirty years. Yeah, yeah. Had Tina on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and then we, we had got a, a few episodes about it. Yeah. So, but actually, six people from that class went and listened to Andrew's episode. So because you know it kind of it really hit them whenever I said something, and I said I'd lost my son. You know. Most of them in there hadn't actually lost anyone. They were actually there for mental health or they had a child who was dealing with mental health or they worked at a police department or they worked somewhere where they needed the class. I think I was the only one there who had lost someone. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, That's good. It is good. It's exactly right. Because you want to look at it preemptively. Yes. Because yes. we don't want it, we don't want a whole room full of people that have lost somebody in their family. That's just no, no. So, so ta- what did you think about the class not having done it yet? Very informative, um, really good. I think Julie does a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it could have gone a little longer, but I think she does still does a really good job. You know, uh, there was just a lot of content, and it's really hard to cover it in a day. Okay. That's, that, it, that would be my only thing. She does a really good job trying to get it all in, but it, yeah. it's, it's hard to get everything in. I mean, it's just, there's a lot of information there. So, yes, absolutely. But you can see, I think the, the key point was, is you could see her passion come through in how she was giving the class. Mm-hmm. So that would be the only thing I would say. It was a good class. No, don't get me wrong. It's just, it's hard. It's a lot of information. It is. Yeah. I, all of it, even, even the talk saves lives, I feel like is a lot of information. Yeah. I mean, it's like a 50 minute. And mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, I am actually content. Go ahead. I was going to say, you kind of gave me the insight on it. You and I talked in detail about several mental health things because i not being not going to the class or anything like that i asked him i said well did they talk about uh bipolar disorder did they talk about adhd did they talk about 
um, uh, was it uh, the, the anxiety just, you know, and he he was he kind of touched base on. He said, "Yeah, we touched base on a little on all of that," and that kind of threw me into wanting to take the class myself because mm-hmm. I right off the bat I wouldn't have thought that's what it would be about. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm talk to him a little bit, I understand that they give you a little bit about each one of those types of mental health so that you can understand it more. Yep. Well, yeah. if you're applying first aid. You need to at least understand a little bit. I mean, if if you were cut and I didn't know how to treat a cut, I didn't even know what a cut was. I didn't know you needed to wash it off with water. Well, am I helping you out at all? I mean, that's the whole right. point. So they got to give you a little bit of understanding. And I think that's the key is they got to give you enough information because you're there to give first aid. You're not there to diagnose their problem. You're not there to whatever. You're there to make sure they're not hurting themselves and they can seek professional help. One of the things about my thought process is I'm a visual person. So when you talk about a cut, I can start thinking about things that we need to do that I've learned over the course of however long I've been on this earth. When it comes to mental health, it's not visual 99% of the time unless, you know, they're, you know. Yeah, yeah. and so that was an know. interesting point. So I remember we talked about this, and I'm going to share this with you guys real quick, and then we'll move on. When Cammie came on, she talked about um, everybody talks about committing suicide, and that's mm-hmm. the wrong term. We don't want to talk about, you know, somebody took their life, you know, but com- nobody commits to cancer, so why would they commit to having mental health? You know, right. why would they do that? And I actually shared that in this class. It was very interesting. But to your point, Nick, it's if you got cut, yeah, you don't see. I mean, you see the cut, and it's real easy. But I mean, there are things that you can see with mental health if somebody. For example, has an eating disorder. They're losing weight. It's unhealthy weight. And those True. are the types of somebody's all of a sudden withdrawn and they no longer used to be the life of the party. And now they just don't want to be around with anyone. They don't want to do anything. There are, right. there are signs. And they talk about that in this class. There are signs that will tell you. And all you have really, to do I is... Could- yeah, for a for a visual person, there are things that you can see, right? And so, but you have to. I mean, those are pretty good, but there are some signs that aren't so readily available. No, you know, losing weight or you know those kinds of things. It could just be they're. I mean, they all of a sudden get quiet or something like that. But you got to be ready up here, right, to catch because it. it might be so subtle that. On everyday lives, you get busy and you dismiss it. But if you if you got it ready up here by taking these classes, then you're like, uh oh, I need to go see what's going on. Yeah. You know? So and so, then the one again, last point. One last point is you don't talk to someone who's bipolar. You're talking to someone who's living with a bipolar disorder. Mm. 
Right. You know, so it's it's sort of like getting rid of the stigmatism. You know, it's you know you you don't want to call them a bipolar person. It's they're living with a condition. They're you know, it, it's yeah. they're not cancer. They have cancer. They're living with cancer. Right. You know, and so that was the only other point I was going to make. Mm, that is that is actually an interesting point. So, amen, brother. <laughs> that was from the class, by the way. Yeah, Very good. I, I want to take that class. I really do. So, anyway, so let's let's move on. Um, sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. any, any other mental health things that you want to share or or foundation things? I think for right now. I mean, I, you know. We're definitely, we're out there and we are looking for volunteers now. I think that's was one thing that was different from 2020 and 2021. We really couldn't, um, we really couldn't participate in the same way. So we really didn't have as many volunteer opportunities. Right. And I think now is a really good time. There are a lot of people who, you know, are seeing other people impacted by mental health, um, mental illnesses. And also, um, of course, you know, just being worried about, it. I mean, it's in the media, right? Like what our, what our kids are going through, the statistics are, are changing now with, with the teenage girls, you know, in the emergency rooms, you know, more often from attempts. And, and so I think that, you know, that may compel a lot of people to just want to be involved. Right. And so I yeah. do encourage people, you know, go onto our website, you can volunteer for our chapter. And we are, you know, trying to build up opportunities to keep people involved because, you know, I, I, you know, I'm, always saying, you know, we're a mental health organization, so we have to look out for one another as well, you know, um, even even ourselves. You know, we, we can't just think about the people out there. We have to also think about each other, you know, who we're sitting next to. Well, and, and the key point there is self-care. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not in the yeah. right frame of mind, how are you going to help somebody else? Exactly. Exactly. Right. So just remember right. self-care is very important. I mean, what is it? it? Put your own oxygen mask on first before you, you know, you help someone else. Exactly. So. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you want to talk a little bit about your brother? Sure. I can. I can share uh, a bit of my, a bit with my brother. My brother, um, my brother was older than I was. He was two years older, and so we were, um, you know, I think your typical brother and sister. We hated each other and loved each other more than anybody possible. Uh, we. We grew up very close. Uh, ultimately, we were we were really. I mean, he was one of my best friends. He was definitely my childhood. You know, he was my my childhood, all, all wrapped in a person. Right. Um, if you could, right. Um, Always looking so out shared, for you and everything. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. He was the protective um, older brother, the doting older brother, but then also very annoyed with me when he, you know. And I think we, you know, we had a few. Yeah. We had a few things in our um, in our early life that we, you know, really only he and I could understand the depth of. You know, he, to each of us it was different, but we, but only he and I could really communicate about it openly the way we could. And so, um, so yeah, so we grew up and we carried that, and we went in our, we kind of went in our own opposite ways. Um, my brother was actually like, it, and, and I should say this, because I think this is an interesting point is that we were adopted. So we're from two different families. Okay. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. But honestly, we couldn't have been closer. And that's, I think the part that is the blessing in, in this. Right. right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so he, um, 
he grew up and he was um, a gay man living with with all that came with that, um, you know, in, in our culture and our society and this, you know, the stigma, but also what you personally feel, um, you know, in that and the struggles that he felt in that. So that I, I couldn't necessarily relate to. And I went down a walk of where I was, you know, strong in my Christian faith um, and, you know, and also not something we grew up in. So it's still right. just starkly different paths that we took, but right. we still were just, I, I say it because we were just still so extremely close. Right. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, we, that's kind of our, that's kind of our, our background. And my brother did struggle. He had, he was diagnosed with multiple mental illnesses. Uh, the, the largest, probably most obvious uh, prevalent one was bipolar. That one really, I think, controlled a lot of his, you know, emotions and his mm -hmm. moods. Um, and so he had, um, and I should say preface early, actually, as early as nine was his first attempt. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he, so it was early on that my mom sort of, you know, became guarded. Right. And on watch because she was the one that found him, um, you know, found him getting ready to do that. And so it was so it was something that she was always on edge about. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, he um, he he struggled in his life off and on um, through different ways. Uh, and that came out in different ways is what I mean to say. So, it, you know, it came out in different different avenues of, you know, substance abuse and you know things of that nature it just right. he was always just trying to to find a peace in life yeah and uh and i guess so when he he was a little bit older in life and i think he'd gotten to a point of where he looked at his his mental health diagnosis and he saw no way out from it he saw he he just thought it was you know that 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 dead end you know like this is it and this is all it's ever going to be. And I, I think, I think that's the part that breaks my heart sometimes, right. you know, yeah. because I, I can't predict the future and you can't tell somebody what it's going to be as fixers, right? Like we want to, you know, you can't and, but, but you know that it's, it's worth being here and trying. Yes. And, and that's the part that was so challenging with, with me, with him is I could see the struggle. Um, but you know, I, I just, I didn't know exactly what to do or say except to be there for him. And that last, that last day we had, um, the last week of his life was kind of interesting. It was just weird. And I could tell his mood had changed. He was, he was no longer really happy or really sad, which was really not like him at all. He was just very flat. He was very content in being flat. So I, I felt mm. like something was off and, um, we had gone for a run at the park. Well, I had, we crossed paths. So I saw him there and that was actually the last time I saw him. And that was on Wednesday. And then on Saturday, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't acting quite right. And so we had, um, you know, we, my mom and I had like this, this kind of thing of where we would just check on him and I went to check on him and he just, um, he, he responded to me and he talked to me and that was it. And I think um, somewhere during the night, like about 10 o'clock at night, he and he talked to me only through his door. He didn't open his door. So that night about 10 o'clock, we talked, we laughed, we joked. Um, I told him I loved him. He told me he loved me. And, um, and that was the last time I spoke to my brother. 
And so it's, um, you know, it was, it was a whirlwind for me because I actually left town the next day. I had to go for work. So I went to Calgary and we, I sensed something was wrong. I knew something wasn't right. Um, but we just, it, the timing didn't work out. So I flew all the way to Calgary and I found out when I, when I landed. So for me, wow. my faith carried me through a lot of it. Um, from the moment I landed, um, from the moment I found out, uh, you know, I had a very, had an amazing, just strangers were just so kind to me, um, in unreal ways, um, in unexpected ways, um, as I figured out how to get my way back home the next morning so that I could be with my family. Right. So for me, my, my, yeah, my story's a, a little bit different. Um, you know, and, and I, and I, you know, I don't share too many details of the actual thing. It is something that we try to practice in like sh- safe sharing of our story. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, but I am happy to answer questions if you have any. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you said you don't, you don't share full details during your safe sharing or whatever. So mm-hmm. I can understand that. Unfortunately, I shared everything. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, it helped you. And you even said that it, yes. it helps me to talk about it. Yes. And so whenever you, whenever you feel you need that opportunity, you need somebody there to listen. There we go back to just I need to, I need to talk. Yeah. So but one of the interesting things that I I listen to here is that's one of the things that we need to know is leading up to that point. Yep. What had happened? How it happened? How you noticed things yep. that were starting to change a little bit? Mm-hmm. That's the education that intrigues me, so that I'm aware. It's just in case you know. It's true. The thing that's so interesting um, about about it is my brother and I, you know, being adopted, um, always wanted to be twins. So we thought it was fun when people thought we were twins. And he would say, oh, we have twin power, you know, and things of that nature. And I think the one of the um, one of the most amazing things was that I sensed something was wrong that day when I hung up the phone, even though it was a perfectly normal conversation something just didn't feel right. Right. And I, I said to myself, I should just go check on him. I should just go. And I'm like, no, you're overreacting. You're just overreacting. And, um, and so it was one of those things where it's like, he's the one person who would have appreciated that our twin power, so to speak, was working, you know, that I, that I had sensed that. And I think that's, um, it's a very bittersweet, you know, moment to hold with you yes right so you know and but and to carry and and so for me yeah it's but my but my road my journey for for um recovery you know not recovery so to speak um but like just the journey and healing is a better word my journey and healing um you know it it took a while for me it's um i i um gratefully and kind of unfortunately for my husband we got married a few months after and so that put a a rough toll on our first year of marriage Mm -hmm. um but i did you know i did finally get grounded uh i went to counseling which really helped um and it is where i you know i was fortunate because kind of like you two are to each other i i was able to speak with my mom about it she she and i were very 
um, we were very close at empathizing with each other. And even though she didn't know what it was like to lose her brother and, you know, her brother, and I didn't know what it was like to lose a child, we could empathize that no two people loved him more than we did. Right. Exactly. And I think, and, and it was Great. important to have that. And, and I do, you know, I think that's again, why it's important to have something like healing conversations for people who may not have, you know, have that. I, I have definitely, I have friends and have met people, um, whose families, like they've lost somebody and their families won't talk about it. Yeah. Just sweep it under the rug. I don't want, yeah. yeah. We don't talk and that's about that. You can't do that. I that's mean, it, the it, stigma part. Yes. It, it's the stigma. Exactly. Well, and that's I think, you know, cool. and it's stigma on so many different levels, right? Because there's that, there's this, there's also that old world stigma with, if we say the word, then it's going to encourage it. You know, it's going to encourage it more. And or I it's going to make us look bad because our family, you know, we can't keep it yeah. together. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. So there's, 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 there's so many different stigmas around, um, around the word suicide. It is, you know, it is, it is a tough word. Even it's, it's a tough word to say, like, even for my five-year-old, I'm very careful not to, you know, speak it around him right now, because if he were to go to his school and start talking about that, what would his school system think if he's bringing up this word? So it's, it's, it's a balance, you know, yeah. it's definitely a balance. So I will tell you, um, every year, beginning of the year, I have a meeting with my 12-year-old's teachers. Mm -hmm. And because my 12-year-old was there when we found my mm -hmm. son, so he was a witness to it, or the after effects, not to the event itself, but to the after effects. And so I have a meeting. And so they have to have, you know, a discussion. And every year he tells his class, about it. And every year he tells them, you know, I lost my brother four years ago, three years ago, however, whenever, you know. And the teachers and the principals, assistant principals, they all promote, you know, what it takes for him to, you know. So he has a, like right now he's in middle school and he mm -hmm. has a hall pass that is persistent. So if he ever gets emotional, all he has to do is pull it out of his backpack, hold it up in the air, and the teacher has, she's not allowed to say anything. She doesn't, she can't, whatever. She's just like, go. And he can get up and walk out of the class. And that is the standing agreement. You know? That's, that's fantastic. Way to advocate for, like, his, you know, emotional well-being. Yes. Yes. And so, and yeah, all the teachers, but yeah, I had a Zoom meeting at the beginning of this year and I had to have it with, you know, not all of them made it, but the vice principal said he would personally have a meeting with all of them. Mm -hmm. And I had some of them actually contact me afterwards and ask for additional information. You know, what can we do? Is there anything, if he's having a tough time, is there something I can particularly do instead of him going to the counselor you know, they were very interested, and so they had no problem. They embraced it, and, yeah, it was really good, so. Yeah. No, that, that's fantastic. I, I mean, I love that idea. I mean, it, it you know, you hope that nobody ever has to employ, like, actually employ that idea, but, but it is. It's, it's a, you know, it takes, it, like we've said, you never know if you're going to be the person who notices something. You know, you have to assume that nobody else has when you see something. And so I think what you're doing is great because you're opening the eyes of everybody around him in his, you know, in his 
in his world, in his circle. Right, right. And, you know, that was something they talked about in the class. People actually ask the question, how do you say something? How do you, you know, if you see someone struggling, how do you say something? And I actually, from experience, I actually said something to someone one time. This was last year. And it was really interesting. This is one of the uh, times where my uh, Andrew's story actually helped. But um, I'm going to make two points here. One, this girl was struggling. I could see it. I asked her how she was doing. She says, fine. But I could see out of the corner of her eye, just a little bit of a tear starting to come down. So I stopped what I did, and I asked her, what's wrong? What do you need? And so she just unloaded, and I sat there and listened, you know. And I think the key point for me, and this is what I said in the class, and to your just the point you just made, Whatever you're the only one mm-hmm. who notices, do you really want to miss that opportunity to help somebody out? Mm-hmm. So it's brave to say something, and it's hard. But you know, if if you're the only one, you've got to. I just it, that's my attitude, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, I know people are going to struggle with that, but for me, it's easy. Because I, if I could say something to Andrew, I would have. So why wouldn't I say anything to anyone else? Well, I, I think that, that there's a stigma that you might offend somebody, you know, and I think that's the other thing we have to do is like, what's the worst that can happen? You just, you just showed someone you cared about them. Yeah. That's really, that's really what you did. And, and you know but what? You cared enough to ask. If, if I offend them, but I save their life, I don't care. I saved their <laughs> life. That's exactly. right. So... I know that sounds a little crazy, but no, does it? It makes perfect sense. I don't blame you. I'd be the same way. Yeah. I mean, I walked by somebody and saw that they were, you know, you could just see the stress on them and their heads down and something like that. And I've actually saw a guy one time. I just kind of tapped him on the shoulder and I'm like, "It's gonna get better." And that's all I said. And he looked at me. He goes, "Thank you." And that was it. I mean, that quick, simple thing could have changed his whole perspective on whatever was going on in his life at that moment. Mm-hmm. Maybe at that point he went to one of his closest friends or family members and said, hey, I need to vent, you know, and that, just that little thing would have kicked it off. Right. So I'll do that all day long. I'll look at everybody and go, it's going to be better. It's going to get better. Look at me. It's going to get better, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing your story. Yeah, no, happy Me to. Too. Happy yeah. to. Yeah. So glad you came on the show. This is awesome. Yeah, no, I'm I'm happy to. And you know, I mean, man, I, I do. I my brother was so fun and so caring and just fun loving. So it's always, you know, it's it to me, I I can never express it enough and like the energy and the just just who he was, I can never share it enough. But it is it is he I he he would be amazed. He would be amazed that, that, um, that I have gone on to do so much because I actually was a very reserved, reserved person. Wow. That's awesome. Good for you. Good for you. He did that. So I'm going to say my famous phrase. It's not your fault. 
Oh gosh, yeah. No, I've uh, I I definitely um I definitely know that. I I probably had to hear that or think it every now and then for maybe the first two years. Okay. But yeah, I'm uh I I'm past that. I think um you know now it's just about making good of you know of the loss. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Exactly. Helping making other people. Making a purpose of it. Yep. Making a purpose of it. Right. Exactly. It's yeah. one of those, I'm not going to have lived through this to keep quiet. Right. Yes. It becomes a new passion. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, so uh, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, we hope you folks have uh, enjoyed the show. Uh, we have uh, definitely excited about bringing you this episode. Um, I'm never happy when I have to talk about suicide, suicide prevention, but uh, I'm always passionate and excited to help people out. And I think that's the key point. Um, any final words from uh, Nick? I'll let you go. I just want to tell it, just say anybody that's listening to the podcast, take a few minutes to learn a little bit about what you could possibly do. It doesn't take much out of your life. I've learned so many things just us talking, you know, and I haven't taken a class. So just listening to other people and trying to get yourself a little bit prepared about what can happen and what can be done, that's it. And it doesn't take that much. That's all I want to say is take the time to be aware. Nice one. Love that one. So what about you, Heather? Any final words? Yeah, I would just encourage any of your listeners to, um, you know, to go to our website and to see the kind of resources we have, um, both from an education standpoint, but also for, you know, if if you've um, experienced um, a situation yourself, a personal situation, or if you're, you know, a lived experience or a loss, um, we have so many resources there um, for that. And I would just encourage that people look up, look about, look up our website, talk about our website, let people know that we're there. Because it's just, it's something that's better to not find out seven years later. Right. Yeah, that's an understatement. Yes, mm-hmm. ma'am. So, um, I don't have um, much, you know, for me, it's, I, I talk about this every episode. So, you guys know, for me, it's, it's always about mental health. It's about taking care of yourself, uh, taking care of your family, taking care of your friends. Um, you know, that's just the way I live my life. So, but, uh, you know, Nick, I love you, man. Love you too, brother. Heather. Heather, thank you for coming on the show. Thank really you. enjoyed it. Yes. Thank you. And uh, to our fans, we love you as well. And uh, keep listening, keep following.